0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hold The Line. My name's Joe, and I'm a British force-free gundog trainer. You can check out my online courses at forcefreegundog.com. The newest course is called Training the T-Drill. You can also pick up a copy of my book called Force-free gundog training, The Fundamentals for Success, which is available on Amazons everywhere around the world. There's also an accompanying workbook to record your training sessions in. I'm currently working on a sequel to Force-free gundog training, and i hope it's going to be out maybe in about six months we'll see that's all for now let's get on with the show Your gun dog without force or fear, motivate and educate. Hold the line is here. Prevention, repetition, generalization, motivation. Hold the line. Oh, yeah. Hello, I am Joe Laurent, and welcome to Hold the Line, the podcast for force free gun dog training. Hold the Line is committed to helping you train your dog to an advanced level using motivational methods and without the use of fear or pain. Thank you for tuning in and please make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hold the Line Hello everyone. Big news this week is that we have a new puppy and her name is Ren, R-E-N, and she is a GSP pup. So it's highly exciting and we can't wait to see what she grows into, but she's a cracking super little pup. She loves to pick things up and carry them around and has a, you know, really natural little puppy retriever, she'll just run out and pounce on something and bring it right back to your lap and then sit on you with it. So it's very exciting Um, and I sort of keep you up to date and up to speed on how things go with Wren. I have a couple of questions that have come in this week for the podcast. So I'm just gonna read you the first question. Um, So this is a question from Mary who says, hi, Joe, I've read your book, loved it, done your clicker retrieve course and follow your podcast. It's good, you're doing all the things there, Mary. Excellent. Um, And she says, my four-year-old lab did really well with the clicker retrieve up to the point of moving to new environments. I'm still working on it. I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on the podcast about value transfer. My dog doesn't seem to have a passion for getting the dummy. Short distances where she can see it, she is happy to retrieve. And once she has it in her mouth, she always brings it back to hand. The bringing back is never an issue. It's the going out that's the problem. If the dummy is more than about 20 meters and she's running out to get it, she will get a whiff of something on the way. And she's forgotten all about the dummy and off on her own adventure. She loves her food and gets high value food in new environments when she returns. But she doesn't seem to have the value for the dummy that is rewarding enough for her. I've read about value transfer and, about and being able to transfer something of high value like food into toys. So I'd be interested in your thoughts about this and if this will help my issue and how I can do it. How do I create more value in the dummy? So, Mary, um, I know that I replied to your, you by email, but I did also say I'd reply in the podcast because I just think there are probably more people with similar issues and it's always good to talk about things. Um, so, yeah, so firstly... Doing the clicker retrieve in itself is a form of value transfer because what we're constantly doing in that process is reinforcing interactions with the dummy and associating those interactions with the food reinforcement that follows every time we click. So the whole clicker retrieve process um, is a process of value transfer, as it were. So that's the first thing that I would say. I mean, Value transfer isn't this incredibly complicated thing that we just go and do. It is something which... It's kind of happening in the background of a lot of other training anyway. So what I would say is, firstly, when it comes to moving to new environments, and I'll just talk about some of this generally, whether or not it applies to you, because I'm, because it might, may apply to other people with a similar problem. So when we're moving outdoors to new environments, it's really important to put the leash back on the dog, the short your short kind of regular length leash, and to put the dummy at your feet, And to reduce criteria way back down to just looking at the dummy. So you'll just be clicking the dog for looking at the dummy and giving a treat. And because you're working on grass, you may not want to throw the treats anymore because it might be difficult for the dog to find the treat. You might just end up with a lot of sniffing around in between each rep. So you may just want to hold your hand out to one side and let the dog eat the treat from your hand and then, you know, to deliver the treats in that sort of way around the dummy. Um, So it is important that you do that and you may need to just do that repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly until you reach the point where the dog is able to just offer you pickups in new environments and just understand what is expected when you go to this new environment, you put the leash on, you put the dummy on the ground and you do this. So if you do have difficulty at this level, you might want to just pick one other location. So one rural location, one location in the field and just stick to that one place until you have it happening in that one place. And then you can add in another location and make sure it's working there and then add in a third location and so on. So you're just gradually increasing your kind of repertoire of locations where your dog is able to do this until eventually do reach the point where wherever you are, the dog can do it. So that's what I'd say about moving the retrieved outdoors. And so you want to stay like that with the dummy at your feet until you get pickups, until the dog is like picking up the dummy or clicking the pickup, um, just like you did in the clicker retrieve process to begin with. At which point you can then move to using a long line and you can have the dog on the long line and you can start to do the stage of the clicker retrieve um, where you are moving away from the dummy. So I think it's called slight um, distance and a mini hold or something. And so the dog is kind of picking up the dummy and moving towards you with it and you're clicking while they're carrying it back towards you. So you're kind of getting some distance in there. Once all of that is going well, new locations, then you can start to have a dummy thrower and start to work on marks in the new locations and also memories as well, things that you can work on by yourself. So um, it's important to do all of that sort of provisional work because things may just fall apart if you don't and if you haven't. So do sort of make sure you've done that sort of foundational work, as it were, before you try and progress. Now, if you have done that foundational work and you're still having problems, It may just be that the dog is not motivated enough by the dummy or by the retrieve. And they just, you know, the dogs that I've experienced in class like this have been largely showbred Labradors. And they, you know, they're fine up to a certain point. They can do um, great obedience work outside in the field. But some of them just don't have the drive and the run, for want of a better word, to do the longer distance retrieves, they just kind of find it almost too much effort or their motivation to carry it out isn't sufficient. And, you know, I've tried a lot of different things with dogs like that, but at the end of the day, it, it kind of becomes that like you're putting in more and more effort and trying to think out more and more creative ways to overcome this, and it doesn't seem to be paying off in terms of the results that you're getting back. And it does come a point where you just have to think that the dog brings a lot to the table as well, and their genetics and their breeding, and who they are it brings a huge amount to the table and there is a limit to what we can achieve in terms of training even if we have like the best training and the best trainers applied to every dog is not going to see the same excellent results because different dogs have different abilities that they bring along with them genetically so um, that is one thing I would say. I have said, I have seen many Shetland Labradors do really well in the field, so it's not to say that this is like across the board with all Shetland Labradors. But there are some that just don't have the same sort of drive and speed, and enthusiasm, and run um, that some working lines can have. So that's another thing to be thinking about too. Um, but yeah, I think before you get to that point, there's definitely lots of lots more sort of putting the dummy at your feet and building in value for pickups and for you know interacting with the dummy in these different rural environments as, as well and also preventing the dog from getting distracted by using that long line when you start to introduce a little bit of distance so that way you know if if the dog decides that they'd like to go and sniff a bush you can gently detach them from the bush with the long line um and walk up along the long line till you get to them and and the dummy and you can make sure you get the sort of pickups that you want in that environment and near that distraction and so it's just about working on things in that kind of way so that's what i'd say but it, i'd also say that it's really common to have these problems when you move outside and you know people have super deeper amazing looking clicker retrieves in the house which look incredibly enthusiastic and fast and and great basically and people i know the trainers have great clicker skills because i've seen them do the course um online in my facebook group so i know that they have great clicker skills and they've done great work with the dogs and then they move outside and it all just seems to fall apart and they're really demoralized by it and It's just so common. I think if you just almost expect this to happen, then it will really help and you won't get so down about it because it's just part of the process, really, when you move outside that things like this will happen. And generalizing things to new location is part of the work that, that you need to be doing at this point. So don't worry about it. And probably you will be able to overcome it if you can just sort of work with where the dog is at and what the dog's able to offer you and help the dog feel successful with wherever they are at and whatever they're capable of doing. So... That would be my sort of feedback on that question. Now, I do have another question. So this is a question from Carol, who says, Hi, Joe. I have so enjoyed your clicker retrieve and walk with me courses, and I know a reliable recall is essential for every dog, so I've signed up for that one. I shall continue to incorporate all we have learned in the first two courses as we go along, and I can't wait to get started. I was listening to your podcast number 27 today, and you mentioned popping. George has been doing this for some time. He is fine on the first few retrieves up to 30 meters, and then when I send him out 40 meters or more, he runs a little way, stops, turns, and looks at me. When I've been in a traditional gun dog group, no one has known what to do, and in fact, no one seems to know it has a name or what to do about it. He is a seven-year-old black lab, keen and full-on, and has been liking to a Ferrari, but this problem has really held us back, and I haven't felt confident to enter competitions recently. Best wishes, Carol. So, Carol, um, yeah, so basically, when it comes to popping, the thing to be thinking about is what are you doing after I should probably define popping, by the way, because there might be people listening who don't know what it is. So popping refers to when the dog is sent on a retrieve and they run out, but halfway, or maybe not even halfway, before that, or at some point <laughs> while running out, they stop running and they turn, they look back at you, and they're almost a bit they almost appear to lack confidence, or they appear to be seeking some direction from you, or some encouragement from you, um, and they have taken themselves, they stopped themselves basically from running out um, and have instead looked back and reengaged with you. So that is called popping and it's called popping in North America. And that's where that term comes from. I don't know if if people in the UK would, would know what that term terminology meant um, or I don't think we have another word for it. In fact, what I've seen seems to have noticed in the UK is that um, some trainers actually quite like this. They almost see it as the dog staying in touch with them while they're on a retrieve and they will handle the dog. When the dog does this, and they kind of they kind of see it as a sort of cooperative way of carrying out a retrieve, which I guess is one way of looking at it. Um, in North America, it would seem to be very kind of um, insecure for the dog to be to be showing signs of insecurity doing this, and to be not confidently holding a line, and it would be considered to be very undesirable. So um, that's where the word popping comes from. So. Yeah. So the things to say about popping is it it's generally a problem that is it happens randomly at first because the dog is feeling not very confident. But then the way that you respond to the problem can either consolidate it and make it worse, or you can hopefully help it, help it and stop it from continuing. So if the dog pops and looks at you, and you handle the dog, you send the dog back, or you send the dog left, or you just stand there and encourage the dog and say "get on, get on," then and the dog then goes on and gets the dummy, then you're reinforcing the popping because it all becomes a chain. The dog pops and looks to you, and then you handle the dog or send the dog somewhere or encourage the dog or give the dog the whatever it is that they want from you, which enables them to then go on and get the dummy. Getting the dummy and the retrieve reinforces the popping because that's happened earlier in the chain. Um, and so this then starts to happen more and more. So instead, what you need to do is Always work to the point that the dog is not popping. So if, for example, we, we, when you do longer retrieves, the dog starts to pop, keep the retrieves a little bit shorter than the distance that the dog starts to pop at. You might also increase the, the um appeal of the dummy so if for example you're using canvas dummies you could use some fur dummies or some feather dummies or you could try and make that something the dog really wants to get to because that's going to be less likely to pop and don't do too many retrieves if you're kind of running drills where you're doing you know retrieve after retrieve after retrieve then the dog gets more likely to pop the more that you run them so set something up run it once maybe twice and then have a break or that's your session done so you might find that your progress is a little bit slower just because you don't want to push for more and more retrieves because that's when the popping starts to happen and the insecurity starts to set in Um, if the dog does pop then don't handle them onto the retrieve just stop the retrieve at that point consider it to have kind of gone wrong at that point Um, so you could kind of walk out to the dog and you can just simplify i don't know what the setting what the situation would be or if you're talking about mark the trees or blinder trees or whatever but you would simplify things and make it so the dog can be successful and doesn't need to pop because they just know where the dummy is so um if it's a blind make sure that there's a pole there that they can see move up closer to it um kind of reawaken the pole as it were by throwing a dummy to the base of the pole um so you would just do whatever you have to do to help the dog have the confidence and drive to not pop. Um, and at the same time, don't handle the dog on when they do pop and hopefully you'll get rid of it. I think if, he, if he's if he got lots of drive, as you described, then it's not that he's... Um, kind of popping because he's a little insecure it might just be something that is a habit that's basically been creeping up because you've been handling him every time he's done it and so it's kind of getting built into your retrieve now rather than something that's happening because he's lacking confidence so much so that that would be a good thing for you because it'll be easier to get rid of by just not allowing it to get built into your retrieve by not continuing the retrieve when he pops i hope that makes sense hold the line So that's all for this week, everyone. It's just a quick little short um, episode because the puppy is probably about to wake up. Um, And (laughs) I will be back soon.